0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like the podcast on Facebook. You can subscribe on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and everywhere. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. The Green Bay Packers get a win at Snowy Lambeau Field Sunday late afternoon and into the evening 24 to 16 thanks to a last-second goal line stand win it in inches. And it is eight and 8-2 through 10 games for the Green Bay Packers as they head to their bye week with San Francisco in San Francisco looming once they come off the bye. And for the Green Bay Packers, they come out and their stars came to play. At least the, the non-Aaron Rodgers stars. And we're going to get to Rodgers as well. But Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 93 yards, three touchdowns, averaged over seven yards a carry. Jamal Williams, 13 carries, 63 yards, almost five yards a carry. On the ground overall, 163 yards on 27 carries. And they had 27 carries to Rodgers' 29 passing attempts. That is the balance that this team is looking for. But more to the point here. Devontae Adams, star player, seven catches, 118 yards. Jimmy Graham, alleged star, comes up with the big 48-yarder in the first half, two catches, 59 yards, and looked more like the player Green Bay thought they were getting when they signed him two seasons ago. And then on defense, on defense, you get Preston and Darius Smith combining for seven quarterback hits. Preston Smith also had two sacks and was one of the, the tacklers on the game-winning play to keep Christian McCaffrey out of the end zone. Zadarius so Smith had three QB hits of his own, was in the backfield constantly. Jair Alexander had another nice day, although he did drop a, a game-clinching interception when he had a chance to, to end the game. Overall, this was a game where the star players made sure Green Bay did not lose. And that is in stark contrast to what we saw last week when no one really had any juice, no one really had any energy, there was no verve, there, there was no uh, electricity in this team. And according to Zedaria Smith, and Rodgers downplayed this after the game a little bit, but according to Z, he said that Rodgers came to the team and said, look, we got to get back to being us. We got to get back to playing the way that we've been playing. And that's what they did. This is the formula that they can use to win games in perpetuity. Dominate the line of scrimmage. If you dominate the line of scrimmage, especially offensively, you're going to win a lot of games. I thought Green Bay did a very good job of handling Christian McCaffrey. The final score looks nice, 20 carries, 108. But he did not dictate this game. The Packers defense had some issues with Kyle Allen and, and creating plays down the field. They only gave up the one long play. They had the 38-yarder to DJ Moore that they blew a coverage on. It looked like Kevin King uh, either missed a call or just was playing the wrong coverage. Other than that, no real long gashers. It was just sort of death by a thousand cuts. And yet, Carolina only comes away with 16 points. Now, I know that includes a goal line stand, but Green Bay also... Had a goal line stand uh, against them at the end of the first half. You could say they should have kicked the field goal. I liked the decision to go for it. The the potential there, it's 14-10. And you have the chance to go up 21-10. And you're getting the ball out of halftime. You've been playing pretty well offensively. You have a chance to, if you score two touchdowns, one before the half and one coming out of the half, to essentially end the game. If it's twenty, Even if it's 24-10, you feel like, you're you're gonna win that game going away. Now, obviously, it was 24-10 at one point, <laughs> and it was 24-10 at the end of the third quarter. And this is something that you know I, I think we have to we have to point out here. Two and a half quarters after Green Bay lost to Philadelphia, they were beating the Dallas Cowboys 31 to three. Three quarters after. Green Bay lost to the Chargers. They were beating the Carolina Panthers 24-10. to Responding is now what this team's identity is. They are a different team. Philosophically, they are a different team than they were last year. Now, obviously... You know I, I, that's that's being a little uncharitable because every season your goal, your philosophy, is to play clutch defense and and be a good offense and all those things. But this team right now has done it. They've lived it. You know Matt Lafleur said last week, "You we can't talk about it. We've got to be about it. You got to put it on the field." And that's what they did in this game. You you just these are the games that Green Bay had lost. These are the games last year they lost at a at an alarming rate. Now. This is not something that's sustainable. You can't win every week in, in single-score games having to get a stop at the end of games. Teams are just going to find ways to beat you. But Green Bay has played a number of good teams. The 5-3 the and three Carolina Panthers, they were a good team. And they didn't look like one against San Francisco, but they also did look like one against a number of other teams, including Tennessee last week. And And Tennessee just beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. So it's not like Tennessee is some doormat either. So, you know, the, the Packers have wins, multiple wins now, against teams that fancy themselves as NFC playoff teams. Chicago, Minnesota, Dallas, Carolina. I mean, they've got a very good resume here, and that's on a on day when the, the Saints lost at home to a 1-7 in seven Falcons team without half its defense uh, right after Dan Quinn relinquished play-calling duties. And they couldn't score against what is one of the worst five defenses in football. This NFC is wide open and winning these kinds of games, regardless of whether it's sustainable, doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if it's sustainable at this point because it's happened. You've banked those wins. And it could put Green Bay in a position to have a first round buy and to host a playoff game. And then all you have to do is host one playoff game and win that one game to get to a conference championship game. And then you have Aaron Rodgers. All bets are off. Does anyone really fear going to San Francisco in an NFC championship game situation to play Jimmy Garoppolo when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have, you know, playmakers on defense who have consistently come through? I mean, even in this stretch of games where the defense has not played well, Preston and Zedarius Smith have played well. And you get... The the red zone turnovers they force Carolina into two of four in the red zone, including the the walk off winner. But they also get a tipped interception. They they basically picked picked off Kyle Allen twice because Adrian Amos should have caught the first one. He tips it into the waiting arms of Tremont Williams, and you get a stop that way. This is this is the formula. This is the formula. Control the clock. Run the ball well. Now. You had some play-action shots. Aaron Rodgers missed some opportunities down the field that Devontae Adams play, Yeah, Devontae had it in his hands. Dante Jackson knocks it out. But as Aaron Rodgers said after the game, if he puts that more to the middle of the field, it's probably a touchdown. And he missed a couple throws in this game, especially down the field, these underthrown balls that we normally see him make. Maybe maybe the snow had something to do with it. I'm not going to make any excuses, this is two straight weeks where he hasn't been great, although he did average eight yards an attempt in this game, didn't find the end zone, but just as, just as well could have. Aaron Jones scores three times in this game. But when you run the ball this effectively, you rush the passer the way that they did, and, and Kyle Allen played really well to, to elude a number of sacks. I mean, it's only going to be three sacks on the on the stat sheet, but it's nine quarterback hits, and he was under duress most of the day, spun out of a couple would-be sacks. Kenny Clark should have had him. Darnell Savage should have had him. zadarius Smith should have had him. I mean, it could have easily been a 6-7 sack day for Green Bay, the way they dominated the line of scrimmage. And really, that's the difference between what happened in the San Francisco game and what happened in this game. You know, San Francisco had about 30 sacks in that game and, you know, got Kyle Allen to give the ball away. But Green Bay got Kyle Allen to give the ball away in this game, too. Two turnovers, the bad fumble, and the interception. Green Bay just not quite able to take as much advantage of it as they could have. This is another game. You know, they win by a score, and it could have easily been 31, 35 to 16, or whatever you want. Maybe maybe it's 17. Maybe they don't go for two. I don't know. I felt like Green Bay could have really put the game away on fourth and three instead of taking the, the delay of game penalty and punting. I thought they should have gone for that. That, that would have been an extension of the aggressiveness they showed at the end of the first half. And Matt Lafleur said after the game, I would make that call again. I would just pick a different play. Probably smart. But, you know, in fairness to him, and Aaron Rodgers mentioned this as well, you know, they got killed for not running the ball against Philly at the goal line. The move is run the ball at the one-yard line. They just didn't execute it. And that's been a problem uh, a lot of the season. There were still some pre-snap penalties and some stuff that you don't like to see. But for the most part, they 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 did what they had to do and they won they won the per play possession battle in terms of yardage the the panthers ran 11 more plays which is really the difference between that last possession and what green bay did they each had nine drives but green bay only ran 58 plays green bay won the per play battle by almost a full yard again run the ru- won the rushing battle against Christian McCaffrey and then won the turnover battle When that happens, Green Bay is going to win a lot of games. They're going to win a lot of games. And the the question for them is going to be, can they create these turnovers consistently? And in games where they don't, how many points are they going to allow? Can Can they bend but not break? And if they do, can Green Bay's offense score enough to keep them in it? Last week, they did a lot of bending but not breaking, but Green Bay's offense couldn't keep pace. There's still a lot to be excited about with this offense and you know i think i think green bay can can really get better alan lazard was a major factor in terms of the targets today geronimo allison uh saw extended time he's he seems to be getting healthier after being dinged up and Devontae adams he was Devontae adams again in this game seven catches 118 yards you know 17 yards a catch on 10 targets the offense should roll through him. And there were times when, you know, second and 26, you hit a bomb for 38. And and he could have had that touchdown. He looked more like Devontae Adams in this game. And that is a crucial step for this team as they try and find ways to put together, you know, that pre-Devontae offense or the sans-Devontae offense, I guess, because he was playing before that offense existed. But the sans-Devontae offense and the one that they want to run now. Then I thought they did a good job of mixing it up. They, they did a good job of staying patient with the run game, a team that allowed them to do that because Carolina is, as we talked about all week, the worst run defense in football. And we saw that again on Sunday. When Green Bay can pound it like this, they're going to be tough to beat. And it was Green Bay, not the Panthers. You know, I know the Panthers slogan is keep pounding, but it was Green Bay who kept pounding on Sunday and it got them the win. And if you're having problems sustaining your pounding. BlueChew.com is here to help. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform; it's for anyone who wants a little extra performance In the bedroom, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. You know, defensively, I felt like what Green Bay did for most of the game was effective. And, you know, I, I understand the... the scariness of having to to go down to the end and, and trying to win a game that way and and Christian McCaffrey got his yards and Kyle Allen's that's a career high in passing. But, you know, I felt like Green Bay did what they wanted to do. And part of, of the problem in the second half in particular was you're you're having to deal with a field that is not in, in optimal condition with the snow. And and Troy Aikman, who did not have a banner game on Sunday I know he's every Packer fan's favorite announcer. Called Wisconsin the Northeast at one point. <laughs> oh my goodness, northeastern Wisconsin, maybe Troy, but uh, someone get someone get Aikman a map. I I don't I, I I'm I am without words. And then there was the other. Oh, I thought Kyle Allen played pretty well tonight, and and you know he's he's not wrong about that. But I made the joke on Twitter that, you know, to say he played pretty well and just sort of hand wave the red zone interception and the inexcusable fumble where he just dropped the snap is like, it's like complimenting the, the acting in Our American Cousin. I mean, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Now, he, he did enough to get them in position to win the game. That's true. That's true. And, you know, he is he is very slippery in the backfield. I think he is going to he is going to make the Panthers have to make a difficult decision this offseason because it sounds like they're not super interested in bringing Cam Newton back. And I don't want to I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but the, the defensive part of this. They were able to manufacture pressure when they sent it. They were able to get home with four. And that is what you need. You need to be able to mix that Mike Patton. You know, I, I felt like he's played a little passive the last couple of weeks, and this was a game. I mean, there was a there was a drive late in the game. They were able to create pressure with three. Kenny Clark just walked the center right into Kyle Allen's lap. And I know that there's been a lot of consternation about the way Kenny Clark has played, but you know, Pro Football Focus came out and mentioned him in in the top twenty-five pass rushers of the season. And, you know, his numbers are not crazy, his sack numbers, but his pressure numbers are very good, and he's played the most snaps of any defensive tackle in the league this year. This defensive line did not, they did not get blown off the field. They played a lot more base with that traditional three-down lineman look, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. As the game wore on, they went a little bit more to that look with Ibrahim Campbell playing. And they, they went to some hybrid looks. You know, Oren Burks played some early on. And then they went to that three defensive tackle look, two outside linebackers, and Blake Martinez with Ibrahim Campbell. So it's like a five, one and a half, right? Because Campbell is not uh, a true linebacker, but he was, he's thrown into the mix right off the bat, gets six tackles, uh, had a, a forced fumble. That that the Packers didn't recover, but still, he he allowed the the Packers to deploy their safeties the way that they wanted, exactly as we predicted, as we discussed it last week. His return changes the geometry of this defense, and and Kevin King tackled much better, though I think that his past defense still leaves plenty to be desired. I, you know, I, I understand the way the game ended, but it is a defense that, to my eyes looked to be playing a little bit more the way that it wanted to be. Uh, I thought they won a lot of their individual battles up front. They did tackle pretty well in the back end, which has been a problem. And again, outside of the one big play, really did keep everything in front and then stiffen up in the red zone. We don't have another Bluetooth ad read to get to, but man, that would have been a good one. And and Matt LaFleur talked about it. You know, you, you give up some yards, but you're able to come up with stops when you need them in, in the modern NFL, in a lot of ways, that's the best you can hope for. I remember a couple of years ago, the Patriots had a defense that gave up a lot of yards. They were in like the bottom five in total defense. And in red zone defense, they were excellent. And third down defense, they were excellent. Situationally, they were very good. And Green Bay, situationally, this season has been excellent. You know how you need... I wrote about this two years ago when the Packers had the worst situational defense in football. You know what you need to play good situational football to get third downs and red zone stops? You need your stars to come through. You need your marquee players to make plays. And it's the same with offense. The way you, you get things done in the red zone and on third down is you look for your playmakers. You get the ball to Aaron Jones, which is what the Packers' plan was in the red zone on Sunday. And it worked. Three touchdowns. The plan was to get the ball to Devontae Adams. It worked over 100 yards. And if you're the Packers, your plan is to get pressure and, and get stops in the red zone. It worked. They got sacks, they got pressure, and they got stops in the red zone. So the yards, yeah, they gave up 400 yards, and that sucks, right? But on 69 plays, you're talking about sub-six yards a play. So, you know, it, it's not the end of the world, and and I think we have to keep that kind of thing in perspective when we look at these numbers. Green Bay's defense I thought played decent certainly better than they played last week. You still have more blown coverages than you'd like to see, but I thought after the the first couple, I mean, the first drive, the the Panthers convert a third down. They didn't convert another third down until the second half. And this is what Green Bay's defense has done at times. They've gone into these modes where They just get stops for a long stretch, or they get turnovers. They can turn it on for stretches. We haven't seen that kind of consistency, and that's the next step, and it's true for the offense as well. You know, there were some possessions early in the game where Green Bay's offense, you know, they go three and out, back-to-back times, and you're just like, man, what is going on with this offense? And yet, that didn't happen in this game. You know, they go three and out to start the game. Carolina scores, but then they score. Sure, okay, next possession, three and out. That sucks, but then touchdown, and then the next possession, five-minute drive, 13 plays, 86 yards, and, and you, you'd hope that they would get points coming out of that, but I mean, just look at the drive chart. Okay, so they go that three and out, and you're down 10-7. Okay, then they go touchdown, end of half where they get stopped at the one, touchdown, field goal, and then there's an interception in there in the middle. That's a bunch of really good plays for Green Bay. Long stretches. I mean, there's a reason that this game goes from 10-7 to 24-10. Green Bay hangs 17 straight on Carolina. And those kinds of stretches on the margins, you know, it 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 doesn't it doesn't reflect necessarily in the final score because, you know, they they end up only winning by 8. But this is a game that really from from the time that Green Bay takes the lead at 14-10 until late in the fourth quarter, this game is not really in doubt and it it ultimately looks closer i think than it really was and if dinner is not as close to you as you need it to be treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash right now our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
0: Here, Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, I want to end with this because it's a, um, a, a question from Alex in New Jersey. And it's something that I want to make a bigger point about. And he said, after watching him get absolutely torched on the last play from the half, can I vocalize the hot take a lot of Packer fans must have? David Bakhtiari is having a bad year, multiple holds and false starts, poor blocking against premier pass rushers, not saying he's washed, but accountability is a thing and needs to be called to task for his performance to this point in the season. So first of all, I wonder if this is our friend, Alex Patakis, it may or may not be. Um, I would think he would just you know send me a DM or something, but maybe David Bakhtiari, I, I I mentioned it during the game. I don't I can't explain his play. He's been inconsistent and he's still, you know, his pass rush win rate is still at the top of the league in among offensive tackles. He still plays really well. I mentioned this on our live show on Friday. You know we we only highlight the losses. so he whiffs on a block against Gerald McCoy, by the way, a, a player who is still very good. And all of a sudden, it's David Bakhtiari is washed. Now, Alex specifically said that he's not saying that Bakhtiari is washed. I don't think he's washed either, but he is clearly playing hurt. And what he was before and for most of his career is just an absolute stone wall, consistent, every play you expect him to win. And even if he's winning 90% of his battles now, that seems crazy, because he used to win what felt like a hundred percent. Didn't matter who he was playing against, he was going to win that matchup. And you hope with the bye week he can get back to that. And I think this is this idea of accountability is something that I've heard from fans a lot about. You know, Blake Martinez, where is the accountability? And I guess I just wonder what the what the option is. What is the option? Do we need to hear that the offensive line coach reamed him out? Do we need to hear that that they're chastising him i mean i guess i don't know what accountability sounds like here do you just want me to say it because if you just want me to acknowledge it i feel like i have acknowledged it on this show often that he has been inconsistent and that that even brian bulaga last week did not play well if that's what you want great i mean let's I, i try and be as honest in front of the microphone as i can be and on twitter and and wherever i i'm you know saying words i try and be honest I mean, I think that's a goal we all have and and we don't always meet up to it. But, you know, look, there are plenty of Packers who are not playing up to their their level on this team. And so, you know, if the theme of this game was their stars came through for them, it's not the case that all of them did because Aaron Rodgers didn't play his best and said as much after the game. But in the run game, these guys plowed through the the Carolina defense, just absolutely took it to them. Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, and yes, Brian Bulaga, David Bakhtiari, and and Billy Turner. They they opened lanes. The the tight ends played awesome. Rodgers went out of his way to single out Mercedes Lewis and the work that he did, but you know, Jay Sternberger got on the field and did some stuff. Jimmy Graham had some nice blocks. This is this is a team that understands that there are flaws. I, I don't I don't want anyone to think that they're going into these meetings after winning games and going, hey, we're fine. We're, we're fine. We won, so who cares? Uh, everything that we've seen about Bat LaFleur says that he is a detail-oriented guy, and he... These these little marginal losses, these little mistakes, they keep him up at night. He is always... I mean, there was that Sports Illustrated story, I mentioned it, um, before the season that came out, and it was about the, the coaching staff on Washington. LaFleur... And McVeigh and Shanahan. And the the quote in the story is that LaFleur was the detail oriented guy. He was the guy that just he was he was ultra organized and he he just could comb through massive amounts of information and and film and and have these detailed um you know notes and just he he noticed and absorbed everything. You think that he's sitting in those meeting going meetings you think he's sitting in those meetings going, guys we're fine? I don't think so. And he talked about it after the game again. And and look, the best thing, I feel like a broken record because this keeps happening, but the best thing you can do is win games in which you didn't play your best. And now that's to a certain point, you know, once you hit December, you want to be finding that rhythm. You want to be playing your best and you want to get rolling, but they're winning games. They're eight and two. And they still haven't put everything together. They still haven't played that game where the offense and the defense both roll. They haven't really played that game where the defense absolutely kicks ass and take names and dominates outside of week one. They've, they've had at least one offensive game like that, and I would call the Dallas game a second. I mean, they beat the hell out of the Cowboys. There, there's a lot to correct, and they know that. And, and defensively especially, there's a lot to correct. They're still blowing coverages, and it is unacceptable to see they have to get that figured out. And what you don't want is what happened often with Dom Capers with their young cornerbacks, and that was they had to simplify everything, and they had to play soft, and they had to play passive, and that's just not the identity of what Dom Capers wants to be. It's not the identity of what Mike Patton wants to be. And you hope, as Rodgers pointed out after the game, that this could be an opportunity you get a stop to, to win a game, much like they did in week one. And that gives you a lot of confidence moving forward. Now you feel a lot better. You know, the scotch tastes better. <laughs> That's what Roger said. Scott t- scotch tastes a lot better. The sun feels a lot warmer. The sand feels a little better between your toes when you're 8-2 and two versus 7-3. and three. And that is what the Packers are. All right, we're going to be back next week. Uh, even with a bye week, we're going to have a ton of content for you. Um, some really interesting stuff on there. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give you the opportunity to listen to my conversation with Billy Turner in, in conjunction with a piece that I'm going to have for Acme Packing Company about a project that he's working on. I, I think you guys are going to enjoy that, and then we'll be, we'll be able to play you the sound from that interview as well, which I, I think you're going to really enjoy. He is a, a fascinating guy. There, I got a ton of positive feedback about the interview that that we played a couple weeks ago, so... Keep an eye out for that. Still a lot to get to on the bye week. We're going to do a self scout and, and try and figure out what's good and what's bad about this team right now. So, a lot to get to in the coming weeks. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers. Uh, it really does matter if you guys are are sharing the show when you have a show you like. Uh, that you're that you're telling your friends we haven't done make a friend monday i haven't been harassing you about it because the show is still growing and that's awesome but it's the bye week and so you have a little bit of extra time go tell someone that you think might like the show to listen to us because they will like it I, well i hope i feel i feel confident about it. i feel good about it they can make the choice We'll we'll let them make an informed decision for themselves <laughs> And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.
0: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now?